What up, what up, what up? This is a cocktail conversation, and I damn sure hope you brought your cocktails, because it's been like two weeks. We got things to catch up on. I wonder how long this episode is going to be based on how much we've done since the last time we've talked. I do. I will do my best to take it easy on you guys. Um, yeah, let's, let's hope it's not an over an hour. I'll, we'll keep it under an hour. I wish I could set a timer, but we're doing this on the phone, so good luck. Anyhow, should we start with how today was or start a little further back? Let's start with today. Work our way back. All right. Well, first of all, I'm going to start with right now. Um, I'm going to start with the fact that we walked into our local bar. Um, we saw Nate, one of the bartenders, Tyler, one of the bartenders. And Nate was like, Vucare and Sazerac? <laughs> and uh, I almost got it. You know, he, he he's pretty much got his pen for what we're going to order. Um, but, you know... I'm, I'm going to do a Negroni today. A Negroni. Spagliato with Prosecco in it. <laughs> I got a Manhattan today because um, Nate messed up my Court Survivor, and I will not order that again. <laughs> not unless Frank is back. Yeah, man, shout out to Frank. Why well, I say it like R.I.P., but he's just next door. I know. Yeah. Oh, by the way, if we didn't update you guys on that, Frank is still with us. He just works next door. He's still in the land of the living. Yeah. <laughs> but he's next door. In fact, we almost went over there today, but the ambiance inside the restaurant part is not as good as the ambiance in the bar. In my opinion. Okay. Maybe we'll switch it up and go next time. What? Change? Wow. Fuck off. But we're at the Black Pearl today. As <laughs> usual. Because guess what? It's Thursday. I was so excited to come home. And have a drink with my wife. Um, because it's Thursday and this is what we do, baby. You barely talked to me when you walked in the door. You're like, hi, talk to you at the Black Pearl over a drink. <laughs> because, listen, the last time that we were out and we did something, I don't know, we went somewhere or had a meal or had a drink. And then we didn't bring our microphones with us. We had the best fucking conversation. And I was like, this could have been an episode. But we always have such really good conversations, which is... I feel that way about a lot of our conversations. Like, oh, this could have been recorded. And then I still want to have conversations with my wife. And so everything cannot be recorded. This is true. Understood. Understood. Though I will say that's the entire reason or the uh, inspiration behind us starting the podcast. Because we had such good conversations that we're like, we should record these. Indeed. Yeah, for sure. Um... So for today, I, I just got back into town. I've been out of town for a couple days, visiting colleges. Um, if you'll notice, I sound a little bit more upbeat about the job. It's the end of the month, and I'm not tanking in sales. Like, I'm actually on track to do my best month yet. So that's fucking exciting. Shout out to Progress. Progress for show. Appreciate it. And, um... Yeah, it's just really exciting. I had such a good meeting today with these folks. And, I mean, it actually, it inspired me to do school again. What? I'm ready. Are you, though? Come on. All right, so I had such a good conversation with these people. And we ended up, I treated them to lunch. And when we're talking... I think I asked something like, they mentioned that they're about to start an MFA program, which is a Master of Fine Arts. And so I visited a film and digital media program at one of the colleges I cover. And I was like, you know what, I just, I love this tour, this program so much that you showed me that I was like, if I lived here, I would totally do this program. And he was like, listen here's what we would do. I could get you approved to start. And I mentioned something about like, we're all loaded down with student debt. And he's like, I can get you approved to start and I can run it up the chain and I could have you leave here with a degree at zero cost where not only would we pay for it because you work for who you work for, you have a great background in the industry already 
the school would consider it an honor if you went here that they would cover it. They would give you a stipend and then we would also help partially fund your thesis video or your thesis production. So speechless. Wow, I was not expecting that. This is the heaviest conversation we've had about you pursuing additional education since we've been together. together. Wow. Yeah, because I'm usually of the mind of like... Thank you. Two cheers. Everything was great. By the way, cheers. Cheers. Just to, I love you and I got here safe. Amen. Mm. Mm. Tyler's the best. Yes, he is. Sorry, Frank. Sorry, Frank. Um, But... Yeah, it's, the, it's definitely the most serious I've been about school because I'm usually of the mindset of fuck this school. Or not this school, but fuck school in general, like college. Um, and I usually tell people, like, I wish I hadn't gone to college. If I could do it all over again, I wouldn't go because I feel like I could have got a lot of what I got out of school by just working in the industry and starting from the bottom as a photographer. But now that my interest actually is in not necessarily being a filmmaker, but the actually the accessory roles to filmmaking, I am interested in doing classes or courses or like, how else do I get the hands on for something like that? You know, so I know people do it. I know that they do. Um, but given what I, was I got. I like, who, Jesus? Nah, like, nah. Won't he do it? I actually met someone earlier this week in my travels where I talked to him, I shook hands, I'm, I'm standing in their mass communications program and he's like, I didn't get a degree. <laughs> it's like, I don't have a college degree in this. I just, I worked in the industry. And, mm-hmm. and I understand that that route takes you so much longer mm-hmm. to get where you're going. But sometimes, like, man, it, it'll still work. Yeah. <laughs> it'll still get you there. So I have this conversation with one of my good friends all the time, Cheryl, because she is a certified teacher in the state of Texas. But because there's a teacher shortage, right, they have pulled and incentivized people from the industry to come and to teach and get their certification along the way. Um, And so she may feel a certain type of way about that, right? But I see the plus and minuses about them both. When you talk about classroom management in her example, like that's something that's taught in her early education program. If I'm coming straight from the industry, I don't necessarily know the science behind classroom management and pedagogy and the science behind learning itself. Is that what pedagogy means? Yes. Because that was shofen ass. Um, but I do have the experience, real life experience, and if you get out here and you want to be a nurse, this is what it's going to look like. Yeah. It's kind of interesting to think that things like nursing and being a doctor, like, that hasn't always been degree driven holy shit look at that uh uh pickleball tournament gonna be in dallas in november fucking a uh sorry but to what's think your like about, choice word today huh? the f word is your choice word you've oh, said it like the, five times this is a mature rated podcast i'm just noting oh. a pattern all right and behavior i'll choose mm-hmm. another curse word next time or none okay. um but it's interesting that now these are very degree-heavy, degree-driven fields of work, and now we would think something like, oh, my doctor didn't go to school? Hell no, I don't want he or she, you know, being over my care. But for generations, multiple generations, centuries since inception of time, <laughs> yo, like people just had to do it and learn it and get good at it and probably get known in their tribe and their village and their community that this person does that healing or that work or whatever the verbiage was at that point in time. Like, you didn't have certifications at most periods of history to do things like what you're doing. Yeah. And is that such a bad thing? I'm really on the fence about it because even in my field of midwifery, you think of the grand midwives, right? These black women that have been delivering babies for centuries and here comes like white anglo males saying oh they're unclean and we're going to take over right um and put in essentially gatekeeping the profession right Mm -hmm. and so you could say that about a lot of things that certifications are gatekeepers and especially in nursing 
I can count on hands and feet classmates and friends who would excel they're very caring they do well in the clinical portion of nursing but the didactic it's hard and it's not like anything else you've ever done like some programs you're not even allowed to get a C you have to get a B plus or a you know right. better to move on right or you can do the whole year over again dog I tell you what I had to get a B plus or better in as a um a pre-nursing student at one point in time in my life was math, um, was specifically statistics or advanced math, whatever. It was another term that went along with that. And I could not pass statistics. I took statistics three times. And then I took the additional like math class thinking like, all right, let's try something different. This clearly isn't working. But I could not move along in the program without passing. So it got you. And I feel like that's not even the most important thing. It really isn't. <laughs> it really isn't. Like, they don't even care about the statistics portion until you get to grad school. And you're like, oh, that statistics class that I took in undergrad. What were they talking about? Like, other than that, it really hasn't been that helpful. Yeah, I can I can say that about a lot of schooling, quite honestly. If I think about uh, uh, grade school, K through 12, like, I was just having this conversation with someone recently where I said we learn the same thing over and over every year at every stage. Just a higher concept of it. Sure. Okay. I had a great elementary school experience. I'm like, don't mess with it. Want a Glen Academy? All right. I mean, Miss Haygood is who I had back in my day. That was my second grade teacher. Shout out to Lisa Haygood. She's fantastic. Shout out to all the educators that I had. I won't name you all, though I do remember every single one of you. Every single one. Every single one. Um, but shout out because so many students do not have the opportunity to have educators that give a shit about them and that care. And I definitely had instructors, sorry not instructors, educators that cared about me and more than just my schooling. I. Oh my God, rest in peace, Martha Mitchell. Yo, if you went to Donaldson Middle School, if you went to McGavick High School, like, you knew Martha Mitchell. She was my, a math teacher for me coming up. And I remember her, I needed help bad because I ain't never been good at math, okay? And she drove me home from tutoring. She can't do that no more. No, she can't because she's dead. Oh, rest in peace. I mean, teachers can't do that anymore. <laughs> Why did you do that? But, I mean, I started with the R.I.P. Sorry. But she was fantastic. I wish that people weren't weird, and now that's not a thing that you can do, because I can't imagine not having had someone who cared that much about me as an educator to make sure that I was able to get what I needed, because my mom worked two jobs. She didn't have time to pick me up from tutoring and so she took me home herself that's amazing and people do want to do that or want to go above and beyond for $35,000 a year dog. but that's a whole nother podcast dog yeah shout out to educators if you're still out there educating because um, you deserve to be paid highly but I guess we can go into last week last weekend we participated in Barbenheimer we went to go see Barbie on Saturday, and then we went to go see Oppenheimer. So, you <laughs> tell, uh, talk about how Barbie broke her plastic foot off in her our asses. It was very complex, like very layered, dynamic. I thought I was just going to see something cute, you know. Um, but it was very deep, and I think Barbie touched every age group. Okay. Sure. Which takes like now that we're now that we've been together and I am, you know, getting my head around like concepts and how like creatively in depth writing and all of that media is concerned. I'm like, wow, it takes real talent to touch every generation. Mm -hmm. Right. Because, for example, my coworker took her daughter who's like maybe, you know, 10. And while she, the mom is getting all these higher concepts, right, of patriarchy and 
finding yourself, right? Because she's a mom, she's a grandma, so she's like, wow, she left feeling like, who am I? What does my inner Barbie want to be now? Ooh. Um, apart from all these other roles that I have taken on, right? In a, in a great way, I've loved it, but what do I want to do now? And then while her daughter is like, oh, girl girl power. It's empowerment. It's empowerment. Like, I can do whatever I want to do. And it's just real light and fun and hopeful. Yeah. You know? But it's a, when you told me that, I was thinking, like, wow, we really get different things when we watch. I, it's not like I didn't know that as, an, like, an overall concept. We're going to watch the same thing and get a different message out of it. But also, like, I guess being more aware because we don't have children too so it's like listening to other people's kids experiences and being like wow we were really at the same movie and that's what she got out of it it's really like tame perspective because some of the humor to start out with I was like sheesh people are going to take their kids out of this room because I was catching all of the adult humor and the adult concepts but if you don't know what you don't know so if you don't know what they're talking about you're just not gonna catch it true story and like we said before like I I wonder how many things we didn't catch as kids when right. watching simple things like I mean Shrek is loaded with adult humor, right? But as a kid, I didn't even know SpongeBob. <laughs> like, it's, it's that's really funny. But you you said something like hella powerful, and I want to ask you, put you on the spot, and I'll you know you can put me on the spot. What does your inner Barbie want to be like after watching that movie? You know, it was more of a re revelation around how much conditioning I've had. That was an eye-opener for me. Um, and that because of what I watched on television, I saw that, oh my gosh, I want to help bring life into this world, you know? And because I was, I don't want to say was, but because I grew up in a certain type of Christianity, then, you know, this is what life is supposed to look like. Um, and so just realizing how conditioning works, how you as a child take in other people's, you know, opinions just because that's how your world operates. Um, because Barbie's world operated a certain way because that's all she was exposed to. You know, that Barbie's run the world and Ken basically playing the background. There. Yeah, he's there. Um, and so I would say I am really in a period of discovering what I want okay that and I call it like a season of unbotheredness right that's what I what I like to reference but it really is like okay in my adulthood challenging thoughts on what do I want versus what was I conditioned to want yeah. um, or what did my parents want for me or what did I want because of them and that also grows into realizing like my family my parents are truly just people too that did the best they can because that can get overwhelming you know and you yeah. think about bringing life into this world and you're like well i'm going to condition them yeah you, what does I that mean you, mean? Will. you know definitely but i don't have a answer for you but i am in a discovery for sure i think my inner barbie was was met with the the idea again again not knowing it's you know that these concepts exist it's just being reminded of them that there is more than one lane for Barbie. There's more than one lane for me. I'm not just the photographer. I'm not just the person who does this. I'm not just the person who worked for this company and did this thing. That I, you know, <laughs> I can be construction Barbie or other Barbie. You know, I can, I can change my lane and what I want to do and I can open up my reality so I think that was that was pretty cool. And I also really, really like the fact that we talk dark thoughts. Like that moment, and I'm not spoiling anything because it's in the commercial, but when she, it's like having the, the Barbie dance party with all the other Barbies. And she's like, do you guys ever think about dying? And I was like, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Existential Barbie. Like, because I, I do. And I, I'm getting to that age where like, realistically in about 10 years that's that's your midlife mm. you know if you're lucky to live to 80 what is life expectancy in the u.s is you know late 70s something like that for women so i'm almost at my midlife crisis and i'm thinking about my nephews who are 
getting ready to essentially start their adulthood and go to college and how excited I am for them. I was thinking like, holy shit, they're 18. A lot of the people that I meet in this job right now have been doing this career at this school for 18 years for at least that much (laughs) and to think of how little amount of time 18 years truly is to be on this planet and think I've lived through that past that and I'm about to double it and it feels like it just happened like that and just the the existential Barbie thing of like do you guys ever have dark thoughts basically do you guys ever go through depression do you guys ever Think of something outside of the perfect. No, everything's perfect in Barbie land. Yeah, that's what they were saying. Shout out to Billie Eilish. Dog, that, that song. Oh my gosh, it brought me to tears. I was in shambles on the inside. I think that is part of the beauty of the movie was that, I, you know, as you grow up, you think like everything's perfect. There's so much possibility. And then something happens in your life and you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. like things happen and even you talking about the age of you know dying per se or average life expectancy like my friend just passed away and he didn't get to see 35 so I for me in my adulthood it's it was realizing like wow like you just don't pass away when you're older right things can happen now and so it really gives you perspective on like what do I want to do for sure how can I make the best of my time? Because I don't know when my time is up. So I want to do a good job at being present with with you, with with even our dog. <laughs> I want to be present with Bubba a lot more and with my family. And oh my gosh, I got to spend such good time with my niece last night because I was traveling and, and she lives in Texas now. And so just taking the additional opportunity to spend time with people, you know? Yeah. Very easily could have been an excuse to say, oh, I worked today, I traveled today too, I'm too tired, I'm not gonna go, I'm gonna order in, and then not see her. But it was two hours, two hours. And I had a fantastic two hours talking with her. That's something you didn't have access to before, you right. know, family in Texas, so. I'm glad that you got the opportunity to take that time. And I know that was good for her, too. You think about moving to a whole different state. You don't know. A whole different city. You don't know people. Um, And you got to introduce her to something new, a new place that we've been before. But to allow her to experience that, I think that is is a great opportunity because they do look up to you. I hope they still do now that they're older, you know. I hope they still do. Definitely. I not that I took it for granted, but my nieces and nephews are much younger than yours. And so I actually enjoy the relationship that I get by proxy. Like when your nieces call me individually, like I got to talk to two of them this week. And I'm thinking, oh, I love this. You know, that they seek out advice or just want to spend time with me. Um, that's something special. And so I'm like, again, to loop back around, I'm glad that you took the time to stop through her town to see her spend time with her and get some one-on-one time man for sure for sure for sure bt dubs that's where i want to live now <laughs> is this because of school yes oh wow that, i mean we were talking about it before this is true but i think today really inspired me to be like yo i could do this for sure and uh, you know we'll take this offline sorry um and talk about it later but you know just know it's a possibility it's a possibility all right so i guess that brings us to last week last last week what city was i in savannah georgia it was in savannah it was hot as fuck dog like you know how hot it is when your back is sweating you can feel the sweat droplets down your butt crack that hot the back of your knees are sweating like when your ankles dripping that's how hot it was i couldn't tell if i was sweating or crying it was interesting hot but i spent most of my time in the ac i did a conference last week with my co-workers and realized co-workers ain't for me i don't want to co-work no more you don't want to co-work <laughs> i don't want to co-work no more i just i want to keep it to a team's chat at minimum i mean maximum 
that's that's what I got. That's the Negroni talking. You said that's the Negroni talking. So I'm gonna keep it at a maximum. Oh, a what? Okay. A minimum. I mean, god damn. Let me keep sipping. Um, but I will say, the week before that, I was in Chicago. And what a glorious time to be in Chicago in the summer. Summer I feel like what I've read, what I've seen in the news, like that Chicago was a hot place in the summer. And my experience is like, y'all are lying? Because it felt great. It felt fantastic. Like if you grew up in the South, whether it's Texas, Tennessee, it don't matter, dog. You know what it's like when you roll down the window in your car and then you just get that hot devil's breath on you but rolling down the window in chicago was heaven must be it was a cool breeze being kissed by an angel on the freeway okay it's poetic i'm on my maya angel it was a cool breeze (laughs) 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 but i really enjoyed myself my personal time there in chicago I did not necessarily enjoy the the work piece all the time. Understood. But I enjoyed my personal time. That was great. Would definitely go again alone. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Summertime in Chicago is very nice. I've had conferences there in the summertime, and I got to enjoy it with friends. And yeah, it's it's beautiful. Oh, last time you were in Chicago, you went with Gabby. Yeah, shout out to Gabby. We had a great time. She worked. We were co-working. <laughs> <laughs> but you like her though. I do like her. Yeah, yeah. That was my choice. Um, that is one friend that is not afraid to travel. She's like, where are you going for work? I want to tag along. And she'll work in the hotel room while I do my conference things. And then we explore the city at night. It's great. Love that for you. If any of my friends would also like to travel, I'd be having rooms. I could get a double bed as long as you don't snore because I have escaped that and I'm not going back for anyone. Okay, not too much. So if you come with me and you snore, you supply the earplugs. You feel me? All right, that was my PSA. I've seen two Barbie commercials while we've been in here today. So were you surprised? We're kind of jumping back, but were you surprised that Barbie did better than Oppenheimer? No. Because we didn't talk about Oppenheimer. Oh, no, we didn't. But we definitely can. Um, I was not surprised that Barbie did better. I think that Barbie was the pop culture kind of movie where it's like, this is going to be super popular for apparently all ages, you know? So lots of different groups, lots of generations because Barbie is generational. I had Barbies. My mama probably had some sort of Barbie. And, you know, it's Barbara has been a mi- around for a minute. But I still, I really enjoyed Oppenheimer too. Like visually, stunning. Man, um, besides the fact that you didn't tell me it was a three-hour movie. Nope, sorry. I didn't understand until people got were standing up, walking around. I'm like, okay, is it just me or nah? But yeah, you didn't warn me that it was a three-hour movie. I mean, it was fantastic. I was fully expected to win all the awards. Um, just because it was written beautifully. And it's so interesting how Barbie may not get the awards, right? If we're just honest, it may not get all the awards, but it was still written very beautifully, had amazing monologues and depth. But then Oppenheimer also did in just a different way. You, you know what is so funny now that you mention it? Barbie is the thing that is now being politicized when literal policy went into Oppenheimer. Not the movie, the actual event, the Trinity test. <laughs> so that probably won't get as much um, clapback and, and disdain and, and negative feedback as Barbie. Isn't that nuts? That is nuts. And maybe because it's historical, but I think that although we may be aware of it, I wasn't aware of the background story, the, um, I would say like heartstrings and and ethics that puts into it you know i today i attended a conference i was telling you earlier that i attended the advancing diagnostic excellence for maternal health care right um in which there was a geneticist there and he was talking about there's benefit to science right but there's also pitfalls and that's what i got from oppenheimer is that 
brilliant minds together, right? Living in the same place, developing this science for this cause. And ethically, was it a good thing? You know, they, they did powerful things together. They did powerful things together, but at what cost? And so being in the science field, that's always like, yes, we could intervene. We could do this. We could come up with this protocol. We did this. But at what cost? Who will it affect later? Who will my good intention and maybe not even good intention? If I mean, I don't really know who. What was his name? Rob or something like that. I don't know who Mr. Oppenheimer truly was as a person. So I cannot say in good faith that the intentions were good in his cause maybe in others but i can't say for sure but knowing that like they felt like they were doing the right thing at the time they felt like this is a duty to my country they felt like this could help us if we absolutely needed it and then they turn around and did it and then what happened happened not to do too many spoil it shouldn't be a spoiler it's history but you feel me if you haven't seen the movie and you don't know the history i don't want to give it all away that's your business but you're right like and oftentimes what the conversations we have as managers supervisors leadership is what is the toll of the work that we do on the staff that's something Oppenheimer got to unlike there were these scenes where he would envision the people that he had harmed and you know in the greater good of America right there's still a and they like name the amount of people that were harmed in the bombing and it's like at the hands of me and the science that I developed like what weightiness that had on him and uh, that you're allowed to change your perspective is what I also got you know at one point he thought he was doing the right thing and then another part he was like what the heck did I do Uh, and then he then the cat was out of the box and you couldn't put it back in it was it was too far gone it's and there's a there's a not a psychology but a philosophy around doing the most good you know you think even the 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 show hijack that we're watching right there are elements in that that oppenheimer shares as far as like what's going to cause the least damage if this plane crashes and 216 or 219 people on board perish but it saves an entire country or not a country, but, you know, thousands or uh, hundreds more people in the fallout because this plane is hijacked. It could crash. It could go down. These things could happen. Or what's the greater good? You know, like, who do we sacrifice? Because ain't nobody, everybody ain't going to make it. Unpopular opinion. This conversation also came up during the COVID pandemic. I'm just saying that... I'm I'm not surprised. You know... It's going to take us time to learn the disease. Um, People are going to die in the meantime. And people got really, like, negative feedback on the fact of, when you think about it as a ratio. Dr. Oz has been canceled because of his opinions about that exact topic. What was his opinion? His his opinion was sending them kids back to school. Some of them going to die anyway. (laughs) Which is awful. That's terrible. But that happens in public health, in which to hear it from a non-scientific standpoint may have been very harsh. But when you think about it, and you think about science, and I've taken like epidemiology courses where you, yes, you have to quantify the risk. And, but to hear it on a public platform for everybody who, when they're very scared, no, it's not comforting, I understand, but nothing he said was false. I know. And even like, I remember listening to a podcast and I think I shared it with you at one point when it talked about how we get warning labels on products is basically someone calculating the risk. How many people will die versus how expensive it is to change wording of this brand to slap a label on these future products and to take other products, potentially millions of dollars off the shelves and throw them away and eat the cost so that we can say, don't drink bleach. Don't eat Tide Pods. That was going to be my second one. He read my mind. But, I mean, y'all might be laughing right now, and that's legitimate that people get together and say, 
Yeah, these deaths may cost us this much. If people do eat the Tide Pods, if people do squirt the 409 and drink the Fabuloso, um, or if they operate under these work hazards, it may cause X number of deaths. And we think that that's probably just fine because it's more expensive to change it. Or even, you know, the cost of taking it back to Oppenheimer, the cost of humanity as a whole, right? Um, we want to be ahead. We want to be ahead of this thing, have this nuclear bomb so that we can use it if necessary because someone can use it on us. Man, yeah, it was the it was the race, much like the space race. You know, where it's you're just trying to you were just trying to get there first, dog. We're just trying to get a little, a little upper hand if we can. Um, but you know what I realized as we've talked about it? These are our, like, day-to-day -day conversations, but I'm going to not make y'all cry in the corner with your drink. <laughs> I'm going to bring... Can I pose a question? Can I bring a question to Pivot? Hey, 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 it's the question of the day. Tell me how gender roles, and we're the same gender, but tell me how gender roles work in our relationship from your perspective with me being a more masculine presenting partner okay um i got others but i'm just saying how gender roles mm. and that could have been your current thought process or a previous My, the first thing that comes to mind in the sense of like protector you know since you're more masculine presenting um, you are the assumed protector of the family, per se, and protective in like physical or more awareness sense. I think I protect us in different ways, like taking care of the household or preparing you for work, like those type of things. But as far as like physical protection, I think it would be you. Um, you think I could fight for you? I, I definitely think you could fight for me. I think that you're more mindful of just a tactical sense of what the possibilities could be you've opened my eyes in that way because i will definitely just enter a space and just be i'm happy to be here you know mm -hmm. it's barbie land um but you bringing reality uh groundedness to the situation i think is um definitely a pro for me and feeds into maybe that masculine presenting protective factor for the family Oh, ooh, okay, pop the bubbly. Prosecco. Prosecco. Spagliato. Um, man, that was a really good response. I can't say that I have anything, necessarily. But you know what your response made me think? How, and we've talked about, like, hanging out with friends and, like, groups of friends. How has maybe other people's, maybe our, your friends specifically, because that's, that's really all you can speak on, your friend's perspective of gender roles affected how you want to hang out with them or even bring me to a function. Mm. I, I think specifically about one time when we were in Houston and, we, and I came after work, after I, I dropped you off at that friend's house and they were having like a football watching party because they're Longhorns fans. And I showed up there and there were wives, husbands, kids. It felt like everyone had their role. It felt like the boys were watching the game. The women were in the kitchen. And I was like, ooh, I don't even, the fuck? Where do I I want to watch some goddamn football. I want to meet them. And I don't want to go over there, like, pretending, like, I own this space, too, with these men. But it was, it was kind of weird. It was kind of, that's my perspective. <laughs> I didn't quite know... I'm gonna show up as me regardless, so I still met the your friends, your women friends, and then I women still, friends, <laughs> however they want to identify. But I met their husbands too, and I think I I didn't choose either. I didn't choose the kitchen, and I didn't choose the couch. I chose the kids. Yeah, because that was a neutral place for me. Which I think you often do. Like you just connect with kids on a whole different level. But I will say that that was a deal breaker in a previous relationship because I went to meet his friends, right? And it was very much so, I remember coming into the house, greeting everybody, 
And then I went to sit on the couch because it's Sunday and the football is on. You want another one? Would you like another drink? I would like an old-fashioned, please. Two cherries. I'm good for the moment. But please check on me. I'll come back and check (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Appreciate it. Um, But, yeah, so I remember coming in, meeting, you know, the different couples, which they were much older than me, and wanting to sit on the couch. I actually sat on the couch, and the guy looked at me like, um, the women are in the kitchen. God damn. And I just felt like. The nigga go be with him. This is not what I want for the rest of my life. And because in my family, both, you know, women and men watch sports. But my mom's side of the family is so female dominant that it was never that going over there, you know. But I just noticed like, oh, this traditionally is like what I will fall into I don't really like that Yeah. and even while dating like we would go to the sports bar we would watch basketball we would watch all these type of sports but in front of his but friends, in front of friends mm, it was real clear gender roles and I didn't like that that's kind of whack energy yeah I could see how that could be a huge turn off I remember um, I had an ex-girlfriend that would count my pockets excuse me can I actually get a pimp's cup yes um, is that a lemon peel I see? Or is it- oh, Nate. Hey, Nate. No cucumber, please. Thank you. I love an old-fashioned with a lemon peel. <gasps> he gave you two cherries. He, he did. I asked. I asked. Oh, okay. You taught me well. I asked for what I wanted. Anyway, continue. Um, damn. What was I saying? I got wrapped Gender up. rolls. Mm. Sorry. The ADHD mind, man. It'll come back, but it'll probably be at 3 a.m. when I get up to pee. Well, do you want to answer the question about gender roles? I did. I mean, kind of. No, I Give didn't. it to me again. Mm. <laughs> I can't remember. Um, if, if, if there were any roles that, I guess, fall into maybe a stereotypical sort of sense, because I am more masculine presenting, then it would be the fact that you, you do the laundry. But then I kind of flipped that around as far as, like, I cook all the time. So I would say that there's not (laughs) this perceived role outside of, like, doing the protecting. Like, you're absolutely right about that. I take pride in that and the fact that I would protect my family. I would stand up for you. I would stand up for Canon. I would stand up for our child when we have one. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm about that life. I would say that I have friends that really subscribe to the gender role thing. You know, they're friends that like, be like, I'm a woman. I don't take out no trash or I don't, you know, change oil. I don't do this. My baby, do you want the car to run or not? (laughs) Um, And maybe that's because I spent a lot of time with my dad where he did teach me like, it's just trash. Take it out. Like it needs to go out. Um... I've lived on my own before. Some of my friends have never lived on their own before. That's crazy. And that makes a difference. Every adult deserves the experience of living alone. That was a prerequisite to being with you. What? I feel like. For real? Yeah. What were some prerequisites now that you're talking about the syllabus? Well, <laughs> well just to live alone, to um, Appreciate also you. Thank you. have a whole phase. That was a prerequisite because Plenty. I, as I understood it, when I came to you, you wanted me to be serious and about my shit. And I feel like I was. Yeah. I had had my whole phase, a whole phase and a half. I had like 1.5 whole phases. Um, but I had a good time. I was out here. I lived by myself. Um, I've lived with family. Like, I've been up, I've been down. <laughs> I've had to move back in with family. Um, so I've had experiences outside of you. I had a car. I had a job. <laughs> like you didn't have to carry me 100%, you know? Like, And more importantly, I had drive. I was going to go out there and get my shit. You had drive and ambition. When you posted the other day about, like, this is where we started versus where we are, it's like, wow. You know, you being at a company that you did not like, but you showed up for work. You're working two or three jobs, willing to come to Texas for something that was you were overqualified for, you know. 
and just to see where you are now like your amount of growth let's applaud i appreciate that um definitely inspired to do more because i love you and i love our family and i love our unit and like not even just you i love your dad like i love your aunt i love your niece and you know your nieces and and nephews in arizona you know like if that means i need to step up more or apply myself more in some sort of way to go out and get it so that we have access to these people so that we can help out when we can like that's inspiration to do so you know so no i appreciate that we were we had an icebreaker in a meeting you know talking about how the furthest you've drove it's like i've driven to arizona you know <laughs> dog 16 hours <laughs> 16 hours to arizona and when i think about if it were not for that time how long it would have been for my dad to see his children and his grandchildren you know for sure in the middle of the pandemic like and his brother you know oh my god just the amazing things that you have we've had the opportunity to do because of your support you know you didn't bat an eye when i was like hey it's the middle of the pandemic and I think we should go to Arizona. Like, I want to take my dad to Arizona. It was nothing for you to do that. And I even think this week, and it's just not a a negative towards my siblings, but, like, it's hot as heck in Arizona, right? And my brother's air went out in this car. And he has three kids, or four kids, excuse me. And so he's like, hey, sis, let me borrow, you know, whatever, whatever, so I can get the car fixed. And it was nothing because I have extra funds because my wife pays for X, Y, and Z. I don't have a car note because my wife pays for that. And so to be able to be like, I got you. And not, and you know, even though like him as a person is like, oh, I'll pay you back at this time, blah, blah, blah. But I'm not expecting it. I'm not hurting for it. You know what's crazy? You mentioned that. I saw his post and I was going to send it to him. Because he mentioned his cash app. And then I fell asleep. Woke up, forgot about it, did a job, traveled, blase, blase. And then literally right now, with you mentioning it, I was like, yes! (laughs) It's nothing, you know? At this time, like, we don't have kids. And so even, like, sending my friends who do have children cash apps, I'm like, oh, I'll send you $100 for back to school. We spend that in drinks. And that's not a flex. It's more of, like, a blessing and if we can spend that on drinks, we can we can invest that into our godchildren's lives and back to school and lighten the burden for somebody who yeah. does not have this opportunity. Yeah, my nephews too. I hope I know that they don't listen to the podcast, but I'm just putting a prayer out into the world that y'all spend your grad money wisely. Okay, okay. But yeah, to be able to help somebody else out, to do something yeah. for other people love that for us you know i i'm not wealthy i was just talking to my niece about the uh the fact that i do make a lot more money now than i did four or five years ago but i'm not rich i'm not wealthy i've learned lessons in life that have helped me to be able to spend money more wisely and better i stretch my dollar dog like But that means I can show up and do things, whether it's for our family or buy my mom dinner, send it to her, have it delivered to her. Yeah. Those are special things. Dang, our question of the day really popped off. (laughs) Our conversations are so good naturally. Like, I just love this. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was a fantastic question of the day. And guess what? What's that? Did you wait? You didn't recap your last week, did you? I guess. I talked about the conference I went to. Today? Yeah. So last week, I did have a lighter week, in which is problematic for me. I tie a lot of value to productivity. Mm. And so even if I'm doing everything I wanted, to, I need to do, I'm showing up for meetings. If the workload isn't as heavy as I'm used to, it feels like I'm being unproductive and therefore lazy. Um, but I was it was a very restful week. Good. And I want to be okay with that. Yeah. 
I know that was a harder week because it was lighter and I was gone. Yes. And so I felt like, what is life? There's no purpose. I'm not doing anything. There's no value. But the conference today, you know what? Matter of fact, the conference that the nurses went to this week was about black maternal health and they prioritize rest, even highlighting the nap bar in Houston. A nap bar? It is a nap bar in Houston. Look look into it. Whoa. But, you know, they just came back refreshed and it was like all about balance. And this is, these are things that we, you know, encourage our clients to do as new mothers. This is something that we should do as um, care workers. And so I was like, okay, Jasmine, you know, when you have those lighter weeks, it's okay. Do you know how much unlearning there is around rest? Yeah. Because I can't watch a TV show without hearing my mother's voice and being like. Get your ass up. You, sh- you, you could be a uh, folding clothes. You could put a load in a dishwasher. You could do this and that while the commercials are on. Like, yeah. It's okay to just be. It is just okay to be. Yeah. I know that, um. That's a struggle for you and it's a struggle for me. And sometimes it feels like we don't struggle with it at the same time. Because like there'll be times when I'm like, okay, it's rest bitch season. I'm finna watch a TV show. I'm finna play the video game. And then I see you just moving around and being busy. And I'm like, fuck, should I be busy? Like, is she gonna think I'm lazy because I'm sitting here and I'm not doing something? Like, You know, it's not about being lazy. It's about the fact that I see you enjoying your downtime. And in my mind, I'm like, what's the cost of us both being enjoying downtime at the same time? Because she's going to need clothes for her next work trip. She's going to need X, Y, and Z. And so rather than disrupt your downtime, I would rather not pick up the slack in a negative way. Okay. But I would rather get you prepared for what's next so that you can enjoy the downtime at its fullest. I appreciate that because the anxiety is a mother sometimes for sure because I will have that cloud over my head of the things that need to be done, the clothes that need to be washed and packed and you know emails that need to be sent and set up and confirmed just the whole thing that comes along with travel so I really do appreciate everything that you do for me and for our home and I'm so excited where after next week we'll both be home for a week and like we can enjoy each other at the home without either of us traveling. Won't he do it? Yes. Yes, he will. Yes. And then, you know, Nashville, 615, we live. We live. So, can't wait to see y'all when I see y'all. But it's been a cocktail conversation. We're wrapping this thing up. Oh, recap your two drinks. What did you have today? I had an old fashioned and I had a Manhattan. Which I actually enjoyed the Manhattan more than old-fashioned. Crazy. But don't tell nobody. Because it wasn't my old-fashioned. I had a Pimm's Cup. Nice, light, and refreshing. Look it up. I can't tell you what goes in this. I am so sorry. I am half past the point of being able to tell you some ingredients. Half past Dipsy. (laughs) But uh, the drink that I started out with was a Negroni. Negroni. And that's what we had for our cocktail conversation. So y'all be safe out there. Y'all have a beautiful and blessed week. Be careful and um, love on yourself this week. Whatever that means to you. And we'll see you next time.